This episode of AetherStream is brought to you by Aetherflow Media. We would not be able to create content like this without the support of our amazing patrons. Welcome back to AetherStream. Today, we're going to jump back into our MSQ quests and shenanigans, but let's introduce our cast. Today, we have Dylan Thorne. Hello. Enki. Hey. Croatoan. Hello. And Derplander, myself, I am Tilp. So, we are venturing into 5.3. The clownery. The sheer clownery. <laughs> the sheer clownery of this badge. Like, one minute, it played with my feelings so bad. Like, it, I, I have whiplash from all of the emotions that I experienced. Because one minute, it's like, oh, so heartwarming. And then I'm just like, did he really say that to me? And then it's just like, wow, I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> it is a bag of emotions. I will admit that. Uh, but yes, uh, so... I don't know. Like, I remember we started in the Crystarium and dealing with some little side quests. I but mean, it's it's like I was saying earlier. Like, uh, <laughs> all of the, all of these warriors are like popping up. It's just like, okay, I'm not special anymore. This is amazing. Maybe everybody else will do some chores for a change because I'm I'm tired. I need a break. Like, every time I get a break, it's like, oh, you've had your five minutes of, like, taking a nap or having a sandwich. Like, that's it. That's it. You're done. Go back to uh, bagging groceries. See, I think I think what was really rough, though, because when everyone started taking those roles right at the end of 5.2, they started saying they wanted to be Warriors of Light. It's like trying to process all the pain and frustration that you've gone through as a Warrior of Light. It's like, what, that part where you had to pick the advice... You had to give them some advice before they left. It was just like, I don't know if you should do this. <laughs> it's not as fun as you think. But, right, uh, it's, it's a road. It's like, a hard I've, road. I've, I've lost a lot of people. And <laughs> I mean, it's not even just that, but it's like in the context of the first alone, it's kind of like, okay, you guys all want to be warriors of light. Did you not hear the story about what happened to the ones that I told you about? Yeah, the balance. <laughs> Yeah, how they basically were all wiped out and then hated for a hundred years. But you know, if you want to do that, go ahead. I mean, it, it was Have like you, you hated the light five minutes ago. Go on. Mm-hmm. Like, fine, do, go with your TikTok trends or whatever. See if I care. Stood over in my corner. <laughs> and and uh, that actually brings a. It, it leads into the next part of the quest because you know after talking to the the pendant's owner. Um, the librarian, the the awesome librarian, shows up and wants to talk to you about, you know, or at least thank you for bringing the the truth to light. And then that's when you ask about, hey, can can you tell me more about the Warriors of Light? And then you get that like the the, the nice little storybook. Everyone gets together for a story time. Yeah, I love that, that Warren does that because that's not the first time he's done it. And every time we kind of talk to him, I'm just like, is it story time? Is it? <laughs> give, me <laughs> the give me that story time. time. <laughs> give me that picture book. I love it. Sweetheart. We need like actually like a little rug in the cabinet of curiosity that we can all just sit down on and have story time. That'd be I cool. mean, I would, I would, I would go there all the time. Mm, yes, and like a carton of milk. The libraries. Yeah, <laughs> carton milk and a snack. 
But uh, yeah, that was really cool because they they took the time out. I think when, to really elaborate what they mean when they mention Warrior of Light. I think that's one of the bigger. As far as the game has been alive, I know a lot of people have been still trying to figure out what that really entails. Uh, yeah, it was kind of nebulous. It was very yeah, it was very nebulous. Like, and then and then just recently, I think in Stormblood was when they started introducing other characters that also took those titles. You know, we had the uh, Return Evilies who brought up a Warrior Light story, and then we had uh, Tenzin from the four, the four Lords. So we're sitting here like, okay, so there's more of us, but is it more of us or is it? You know, we're still trying to. We still don't have details. We got we got you know just very very like small hints here and there. And then this quest just kind of just drops it, like, oh yeah, it, uh, <laughs> here's the entire story, and you're like, oh, oh nice. <laughs> yeah. Almost the entire story. I mean, it, to I, an extent, I, that's deeper and a little bit more elaborate than what we've been getting recently. So, I feel like we still don't know why. Though it's like, okay, Heidelin like shows people falling stars, which I remember that, like, especially from 1.0, like the first quest, like the starting quest, you actually saw that. Um, mm-hmm. And, but I still don't feel like we know why. It's like, okay, yeah, like, she has these well, champions, the, but why? The star shower is an illusion that's a, that's supposed to awaken the soul to memories of Amarat, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, from 5.2. So, so it's not, the star shower itself isn't even like an actual event so much as it's supposed to awaken your past. And that's why that's why everyone starts getting echoes because the echo is related to their state as you know ancients, like it ref- goes back in time to that to that time when they had that power. So it's it's and then when they get the echo, that's when they hear Heidelin, but she's on repeat. It five one two was really weird. It was like because <laughs> it, like, it, mom, we heard you the first time. We get it. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, Heidelin's just on like an autopilot right now just repeating yourself constantly and uh which is it's funny because now that i've been messing around a little bit with realm reborn and going back and doing some quests and stuff like that and there's the part where uh i can't remember if it was uh when we lost the crystals of light and then we finally started getting them again uh heidelin was trying to talk to us but it was all broken it was like the same thing she was saying the same thing over but it was all like broken and garbled. So it kind of brought me back. Like when I saw that earlier, I was like, huh? So it really is like a, just a, like a, a, a repeat recording or something, you know, like not, not even like a genuine voice so much as it's just her. It's the worst radio call over. ever. Yeah. Right. It's, it's just radio. Yeah. Um, uh, what's it, what's it called? Uh, like in, with fallout or whatever, just repeating on the line until someone answers. Oh Yeah. So I think yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of new stuff that's been revealed as far as our role, our power, and a lot of a lot of it's changed. Like <laughs> a lot of what we thought we knew has kind of just been warped in the past couple quests. So it's really really fun time now. We're just kind of waiting for more at this moment. Yep, I actually am looking forward to going back to the source, and you know, whenever Midgar Smore like shows up again whenever that might happen, or maybe it won't. <laughs> well, I think we uh, have some questions for him. <laughs> real quick, did we? Did you have the chance to read their latest story? The latest... Uh, I did not, tell no. Tell yeah. the story, no. Yeah, you should read the, the, read the last one. Read the last one that just came out. That might answer your question. So, Ooh. yeah. 
Does but, it uh, reveal whether or not he's going to actually be a good parent? <laughs> <laughs> That's the tea I want. Uh, 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 I'm guessing that's a no. <laughs> I mean, okay, to be fair, uh, the, the parent role does change a bit. I don't want to spoil it. I just, it, it's really good. It's really good. But uh, certain kids are ignored in favor of different kids. I guess that's the best way I'll say it. Wow. <laughs> that's okay, the best way I'll say it. That's the best way. But it's good. It's good. They did a good job. I like that last one. Just like 5.3. Mm. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, we got all that. We got a lot of adjustments to our, our current, you know, I guess base fundamentals of Final Fantasy fourteen, And then, and then we meet after, after all that history lesson, you know, and that kind of like discussion that followed, we get to meet, uh, Riki Tio, the little girl, Miss Del, who baby. was the so excited. adorable NPC in the entire <laughs> game. So excited. Down. So excited to hear about the Warriors alike. Can I be one too? So what were your thoughts on that? Being a role model for a little bit. As long as it doesn't end with Chloe and having a book bl- covered in blood just to tell stories, <laughs> it'll be okay. <laughs> that's, that's, that that's, that's fair. Dark really fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought it was like wonderful. I thought it was a very cute way to kind of hint at a possible future job. I do have to say that if we do not get a healer job that throws potions in the next expansion, there is going to probably be a bit of upset. So oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I could. Yeah. Um, a lot but, of people are saying that. Yeah. That said, um, I thought she was absolutely adorable. And I think that is something that needed to be in the story where you have all of these kind of adult characters running around. And you kind of forget how the what the impact is on the children. And it is kind of nice to kind of bring that back and how there is all of this other stuff in the world still happening. The world's still moving. <laughs> it doesn't stop just for the Warrior of Light. And how the Warrior of Light and how your actions actually influence others. There was this kind of thing, however, you know, for me, I had this feeling of like, oh, I really want to help her. And I, I, I want to make her into the warrior of light that she wants to be. But at the same time, I kind of also wanted to say, you know, kid, I respect your choices, but you should maybe think about a different career path. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I don't think this is all you think it's cracked up to be. So there was that. Yeah. I just, I was just getting these really bad hero worship vibes. And in the sense that like everyone sees warrior of light as such a great thing, but you as an active warrior light have gone through so much. And so it's like seeing these children are super excited, seeing you as a Superman or hero. It's like, uh, they basically characterized her perfectly to the point where you are pulled in two directions at once. On one hand, yes, yes. definite kind of hint, like the, the, the tingling down the back of your spine, like this is not a good idea. Like I'm screwing with this child's future. But then on the other hand, it's like, oh my God, she's so tiny and so cute. And she's looking up at me with those big Makote eyes with a little stubby tail. And I just want to do everything that she wants to do. And I want to help her. Eyes shine. The eyes shine is just staring at you. Oh my gosh. They did something with like Makote children. Like they, the way they found <laughs> the models, they are, it's, it's, and for me, I, I love cats. So it was just my kryptonite and I hated being feeling like I was being pulled in those two different directions. It was awful. Oh, yeah. I hated it. 
So I love and hate her simultaneously. Yeah, and then and then I think uh, Alphano asks her what inspired you to this, and then she mentions one of the characters that you sent off in the previous patch, and it was just like, like it's happening. <laughs> oh, like they're they're making stories, they're changing the world, and is uh, yeah, like you mentioned, it's pulling in two directions. Our actions have consequences, and sometimes they are good, sometimes they are bad, and sometimes they are both at once. Mm-hmm. At the same time, the one thing I think I kind of struggled with is that, you know, in the real world, you know, one thing that I'm always thinking is like, you know, I wish that, I wish that there was more people who actually did try to be more of a hero, not necessarily yeah. of a moral superiority, but just like an, a hero to really kind of Help do. Us in need. Yeah, exactly. So there was kind of that also. It's like, you know, what's so bad about this? I know that there's mm-hmm. a whole thing as far as tipping the ethereal balance from light to dark or vice versa. But at the same time, I remember like in the storyline, it wasn't just about doing good deeds. It was also about that one character, um, Cirilla. As far as she was also kind of imbued with a whole lot of extra oomph that by defeating her, I mean, you were kind of set up to fail. You were set up to cause the flood. Um, Mm. Whereas I think maybe under normal conditions, maybe it wouldn't have been that way. I don't know. Yeah, it's... I will be interested to find out more. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> about about how that actual like you know do good deeds actually cause everything's everything to go sideways. I think I think it's a lot of, of it. Look forward yeah, to it things. A lot of it's about the balance for sure. They they reference it a lot, and I think doing good deeds isn't isn't so much the issue as it is. How? Because it, it, I'm still I'm still trying to find that balance, like what what actually composes of just straight light, and then what is just you know was actual like good good deeds, doing good things for people and stuff like that. Because I think I think the heroic aspects of stuff is fine, but then trying to eliminate everything all at once is probably the problem. I don't know. Yeah. It's, you know, like, oh, like the, the red hell change. is paved with yeah. good intentions. Yeah, exactly. That kind of sense. Because it's like, you know, doing good things for the people you can in the time you're able, right? That that should be okay. But it's uh, the issue of those that are changing everything all at once. It's causing, you know, irreparable damage. And uh, I mean, in every in every case that we've had a flood mentioned, it's always been, you know, these good intentions suddenly corrupt the ones that are doing the good thing. And then Stuff like that, so all bad intentions, like with uh, is was it the Magi, yeah, <laughs> with Mark and Amdapur, yep, and Just, poor Nim off to the side, like, why did we get turned into Tom Barry? It was like, <laughs> we're not with them, why are you blaming us? And then yep. after yeah. you get turned into Tom Barry, it's like, then they send Ozma to hoover up the rest of it, so yep. it's just, it was just plain, it was just greed there, they wanted what the Namians had. Yeah, Awful. right. But th- that's the same thing. It's just like an abundance of good or evil and no balance in between kind mm-hmm. of says, well, you're going to tip the scale in either direction, honey. Like you're kind of, you're out of luck. Yeah. But what does tip the scale? Like how much good constitutes too much good? And how do we measure it? I mean, do we have to like, oh, today I'm going to be a villain. Um, Tomorrow I'll be good, though. It's like being on a diet. It's just like, mm-hmm. 
I'm regulating my calories like I'm regulating my light and dark ether. Yeah, I think, I mean, Vothri was a really good example because, you know, Vothri thought he was holy. Vothri thought he was chosen and he was the the one that was going to save mankind. And what he ended up doing was creating this stagnant society that didn't do anything at all and was perpetuating uh, class systems with uh, the, the freemen and the bondsmen and stuff like that. So it's like, I get in that sense, right? It's just knowing that you can do too much of a good thing. If that makes sense, like, you know, putting putting yourself above everyone else because you're doing these good things, that's probably the imbalance. Stuff like that. It's it's interesting. It's really put, lots of thought, lots of a uh, thought experiments there for sure. Oh yeah. I know. I've just I've just kind of just been sitting pondering it a lot. But yeah, no, then the the whole time, I mean, even in these couple quests, right? We're helping Riki Tio, and then often I was talking about it, about you know, what's the role, what what's the reason why these characters are being so inspired, and then Alice talks about the echo a bit, which was really interesting uh, about feeling the the pain of a past that she can't remember, which is what which you know reminds you of back in I think oh, I don't I can't remember what quest, but uh, it was Air um, involved. And Stormblood was talking about how when you experience the echo, right? When you have an echo vision, you're feeling what you're seeing. You're feeling that 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 pain, that that the, whatever event that you're experiencing at the time, you feel every single ounce of those emotions. So everyone that's getting affected by the star shower is feeling pain, but they can't, they don't know what it's about. They just have this like on the edge of their minds, this memory of something they've lost. And it's just like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, one of the NPCs points that out. It's just like, yeah, I feel like I feel like I've lost something, and I don't feel too good about it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, it keeps tying back to the, you know the the first city and everything like that. But uh, then everything starts getting a little dramatic because Thancred collapses. He's he's exhausted. Yeah, you stuff's know, uh, stuff's going downhill pretty quick. Yep. Yep, now the little little tension there because they're trying to figure out why he's exhausted. He realizes that uh, the whole reason why Uriange's walking water spell didn't work was because of the same stuff. So, uh, so the 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 two quote quote old men <laughs> of this series, you know, they're not actually old. Something's wrong with their souls. So you end up having to go back to the source about that. It's like, hey, Kyle, what's going on? The dark room <laughs> thing was too much for me. I was just like, what does this mean? What are you doing? Yeah. Why is the room dark? I was just like, why did you do yes. that? That's a bizarre design choice. I mean, it made it freaked me out. I mean, good job, Square Enix, but at the same time it was I didn't I did not like the, the foreshadowing of that. That that gave me bad vibes. I was just like, sure. oh, is everybody dead now? Oh well. I, I'm not gonna lie, I was kind of excited about the possibility of Thinkra dying. I mean, I love Thinkred, but I was like, come on. Yes, somebody needs to die. It's like, kill, kill. Tell him get old Game of Thrones on this. You gotta kill someone. You gotta kill someone. In the Game of Final Fantasy, there are winners and losers. Come on, Yoshi P. One of them's gotta die sooner or later. Which one is it gonna be? If it had been Alizé, though, you would have heard me like, this week I'd be like, okay, everybody, I quit. Good luck. I'm out. <laughs> I would have heard your scream from across the other side of the country. Like, probably. <laughs> so, but screams wait. of anguish would have drowned the US. I'm sure they would have. So, what you're saying is Dylan's scream would have been the cause of the sundering. Probably. Nice. Probably. Yeah. I mean, 
we all love Alizé. I don't know a single person that doesn't. And if you're out there, I'm so sorry for you who hurt you. Um, the the love of Alizé was only reinforced by the last scenes of the patch, which we'll get to later. But still, like right. my <laughs> love for Alizé increased tenfold. Anyways, but yeah, it looked like they were going to kill someone, or that someone yeah. had already died, and maybe they had died in between our time getting to the the. I keep wanting to saying the Waking Sands. It is not anymore. I I obviously have some trauma to that that one. <laughs> <laughs> the okay. Rising Stones. There we go. Yep. Yep, and then we we get we get to we get to watch Tatara cook <laughs> and bring some bread back oh, uh, to the furs. Oh, that recipe, though. <laughs> okay. I, I dare someone. I dare anybody out there to make that. I think someone already has. No, it's already happened. I know it's already. I happened. think someone already has. I saw it on Twitter. Oh, somebody find it be, for me. There needs to be a will you eat it challenge for that. <laughs> <laughs> you have to eat the whole slice and keep it down for 30 minutes. Oh, it kind of like reminds me of that one scene where you go to Maud Souk and you have to hand over that coin and then you get to pick one of those disgusting foods mm -hmm. from, the from like the Maud um, shop vendor. And he's just like, oh, here's... Here's some toads, or here's some like mush loaf made out of cacti, or here's these like grubs that are yeah. covered in sugar. And I'm like, I don't like any of that, and I don't like this bread either. Tataru, why have you made this? But it's apparently really it's actual brain food, though. Yeah, yeah, it's like it was made to like have as much nutritional value as possible in like with like the least resource or whatever in, in one minute. I like how I think it was a uh, Kyle who's like, yeah, I, I eat it with hefty amount of butter and jam. <laughs> <laughs> it's still not enough. We got to cover the sound of it. Okay, quick question: Has yes. anybody watched Azumangu Dayu? Azumangu Dayu? Oh, like the cooking show that they do in between? And yeah, that little girl. Yeah, that's like the first thing that came into mind when I saw Tataru cooking. Is like, oh god, it's going to turn into one of this. Nice. She, she's cooking up an eldritch abomination. But I did like that Carl <laughs> turned around and said, oh, they're all going to recognize this because this is the crap that they fed us the whole time we were there. <laughs> it has sentimental value, but I hate it. <laughs> it's like, why are they wanting to return home? <laughs> hmm. uh, but no, it was still, it was actually very cute as far as like all of the um, the good intentions behind them. It's like here, this is going to give them a lot of like nutrition, and it's going to remind them of home, and it'll be great. And then you bring it back to them, and they're like, "Oh, yay!" Like they all understand <laughs> the sentiment behind it, and they're like, "Oh, Tataru, that's so sweet. You really didn't have to." Except for Rianjay, I think he was like, "Oh, <laughs> my favorite." <laughs> Haha, <laughs> <laughs> bread! <laughs> Not like that food back in the waking sands. All this dry, salty crackers and... Furry <laughs> RJ is just the biggest troll, this expansion. I love him to pieces. He is, he is trash and he's wonderful. Oh, he's so much better, this expansion. He had yeah, his glow up. He's fabulous yeah. now. Had his makeover. Oh, bread, though. Eh, no thanks. But... <laughs> Let's move past the bread. I feel like I'm gonna puke. <laughs> yeah. Then we have a uh, the the spear vessel gets completed, which was nice. That took about several months. <laughs> and then like hearing it, about how that is all made, it all has a little bit of the X arc in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the 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 ah, uh, that was a little. 
Um, oh, we knew it was coming, though. I knew. Yeah. I, I knew yeah. there was no other way, right? There really was no other way. I mean, no. if you've, you've done the Crystal Tower series and you knew what was coming, it's like mm -hmm. has to have a part of him, and it, it it's his, mm -hmm. it's infused with his blood, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's that's what it is. Because so the with the thing with the Allegan magic, right? Their their memories as well as their, I guess, access points. So. The whole reason he's able to control the tower in the first place is because of his blood. Like, the blood that he got from being related to that long family history of the individual back in the Allegan period who got the blood from the royal family. So, it's just it's just a, a matter of inheritance, but because of that blood is why it gives him his powers over the tower and everything like that. And he's then, like a walking soul stone. Mm -hmm. Essentially... But which actually kind of makes sense, especially considering, like, with the trust system, how he can pretty much do any role. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, yeah, he, he's a walking he's got a pl He's got plenty of memories. It's not just... Yeah. It's not, he's got plenty <laughs> of access. So, that was that was fun. I believe... Oh, I don't... I can't seem to track if it, if it was around this point that we had that scene up in the tower where Elidibus threatened us, and... At least this is always threatening us. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, we we accidentally call him or something to that effect, and then he shows up and he's like, "Why did you call me? I wasn't, you know." I was taking a bath. Why are yeah. you calling me? <laughs> <laughs> and that whole thing—he calls you death, and and oh, that was that was really that was really intense. The entire scene, like the of course the whole red herring. So everyone was terrified for the Crystal Exarch's life. Because they saw that uh, that darkness punch, and they thought that that was going to be the end for the Exarch, but yeah. it was just a little bit doing his soul check thing, his yeah. his Libra. That's his Libra spell. He's giving him a vibe check. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> so it was it was funny to see that because I remember that scene being the source of absolute woe for several several days on Twitter. I think a lot of the Exarch fans were super super sad and i was just like it the only time they show things like that is because that death's not gonna happen it's called, you know yoshi p is the master of red herrings like they're not gonna i mean show they already sh they already shot him once i mean right? we, i mean not fool me once shame on you fool me twice hey not gonna happen sorry mm -hmm. you tried yoshi p tried. but yeah there's just that whole that whole quest was really interesting because with just the crystals and stuff like that, and it focused a lot on just like the Exarch work for you and for the, the the realm and stuff like that. And then, of course, you get the the whole trying trying to figure out why the Asian showing up now because they they're like, oh, so we've got reports of black hooded uh, individuals running around. It's like great, <laughs> we're back to realm born days. Realm <laughs> reborn cold. They want their villains back. Yeah. Right. And then uh, you go pick up Yishtola. You go go check on her uh, just to see if she's okay. And uh, lo and behold, she's not okay. Yeah. <laughs> she's on Hello, the ground. And that whole thing. So what do you think about that whole uh, uh, instance? I thought she did. <laughs> it's just like, did. Did you kill her? Is she dead? I, I won't mind if she's dead, but you know. That whole thing where he's like, hey, look at all of these, all of these things. Like, how about you kill your friends also? And I'm just like, look, I'm I'm, I'm over this. Like, this has already happened. 
like when he told us to like kill Yu Yu Hase and uh, whatever the Lance's name was, I forget his name. He was garbage anyway. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Gilbert, I was Laurentius, just like, was, yeah. Yeah, I was just like, mm, some of these are satisfying kills. Like the when I kill my friends, not so much. But eh, I know they are not my friends. They're just piles of sludge that you've made to look like my friends. <laughs> it was definitely a mind game. Lots of mind games trying to get he, you. He thought, he thought he was doing something. He thought he had something, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. no, honey, you don't. You really don't. <laughs> and then that the uh, once you of course beat him because. He's, he's trying his best to break you mentally before he attacks you physically, and then he loses, and he's just, he just doesn't get it. He's just like, why is it so hard to beat you? He's pounding baby about it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yashola drops the bomb, of course. You know, you're a primal. And the only, th- the only reason why I get, I get why you're uh, trying to create all the warriors of light, because uh, primals are based on one... one uh, specific emotion the emotion is that that that's what keeps them alive that goal or that desire is what keeps them driving towards you know existing and the whole reason why zodiac exists is because of salvation so elidibus is raising warriors of light from the members of the first to to achieve salvation and it was just it was really interesting uh development there trying to explain the whole you know the point of the warriors of light and things like that and you know you see into Elizabeth's memories again, and oh, I just <laughs> there's a lot, a lot of context there. That was really interesting about the whole concept of the hero aspect, right? Of Final Fantasy XIV, how it, at least at this point, it's it's pretty much implied that he's had a hand in every hero that's been risen, and you're like, oh no, like wait, uh, <laughs> trying to figure out what you are because if he's rising, he's all creating all these warriors of light. Like who? Who are you, right? In this in this picture, right? And where do we fit? Where do you fit? And the fact that he shows up, right? Elizabeth shows up in two point one, which was right after you got your first calling. Uh, like you don't get called Warrior Light until the end of Ultima Weapon. For the most part, you're just the adventurer or the hero or you know the 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 uh, the icon slayer. But you don't become Warrior Light. You don't get called Warrior Light until you've defeated the Ultima Weapon and saved. Eorzea from the Ultima Weapon's Wrath, right? And immediately after, he shows up. So you're like, hmm. <laughs> you know, it really brings in context all that the the ideas behind what, you know, right. were you really in charge of your life this entire time kind of question? And, uh, ah, just, that was a really, really good scene. And then, okay, so this yeah, is the part, this is the part where I really want to talk about. What did y'all think about those, the crystals and Hithalaeus? <laughs> Ooh, piece uh, of candy. Actually, that went into my head. I was like, I was seeing that episode of Family Guy in my head. I, I was um, just like, don't eat the soul stone wall. Don't, like, they look <laughs> delicious, but don't eat them. Um, after like I kind of got over the whole, oh, a piece of candy thing, um, first thought that popped into my head is like, okay, there are going to be 13 crystals. And the 13th mm, yep, one is going yep. to be Ophicus. I was like, it's going to be Ophicus. It's going to be Ophicus. Because that quest line in Final Fantasy IX with all the Salazio and the whole story with that is one of my favorite things. And I've like looked up all kinds of crap on it on the internet. So I was like, it's going to be Ophicus. Um, and I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. But 
we get to the 13th one and I'm actually like reading all the text. I'm like, okay, this one mm-hmm. is this one. This is who this is. <laughs> and I was really taking my time. And then we get to the 13th one. And I'm like, what? <laughs> That's not who I thought it was going to be. It's like, but then I thought about it, I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. What? So we're as Yemma or as a It's like, is for me. It's like so, this. Is that yeah. why we spend so much time in the waking stance? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, it was it was really interesting. The the crystals, you could tell for the most part, you know, based on the constellation. So the thing is, it goes back. This goes back to Final Fantasy twelve, right? Because Asians are based on Final Fantasy twelve uh, yeah, concepts and the zodiac and you know all of that. So linking those, you were kind of able to figure out who was who, right? And you know. Elizabeth being uh, the the thirteenth, the thirteenth zodiac, the one the one that we don't really recognize ourselves because we've done twelve like in most horoscopes for a long time, and then thirteenth is just now slowly starting to get coverage. Every I, I notice, I, I see I see articles about the thirteenth zodiac show up every once in a while, like it's a new thing, and I'm like, no, we've known this since Final Fantasy twelve. I don't know, you have to keep bringing it up like it's new, but um. Yeah, and you kind of see, kind of see this picture get. Well, actually, no, that paint. was Final Fantasy Nine. Oh, Final no, Fantasy Nine. No, that is true. Nine. Final Fantasy Nine was the first one. I think it may even actually been, even kind of hinted at or established even back in Tactics. Ah, oh, yes, yeah, that's right. I mean, it's it, even TV, so it would make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like in Final Fantasy Nine, you do this whole like lawn, like the Stelazio quest line, where you're going around and you're finding all of these coins, and then you collect all twelve of them. You give them to the coin collector in Trino, mm-hmm. and the one of her, her assistants or someone is like, "Oh, you know, they're all shiny. It looks like there's one that's still left." Um, and so you go on this whole. She gives you back all the coins, and you have to read all of them, and they all kind of I think end up giving you a hint to wherever the thirteenth one is. The 13th one is Ophicus. And it kind of ends the story about how um, I think it's like Virgo and Cancer uh, kind of met and they looked over the creation or something like that. And then they went off together. Um, I don't remember mm-hmm. all exactly. But yeah, that was actually the first one that, like, the first time I remember seeing anything as far as in the whole series about the 13th Zodiac. Zodiac. Or Zodiac. Ah! Okay. Yeah. So, Makes sense. But that's why I was thinking, like, so, I was so certain it was going to be Ophicus. Yeah. Um, and then it wasn't. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, so the, the Ophiuchus, I think that's the snake bearer, the 13th yeah. one. That the is that is Elidibus. That's Elidibus' uh, constellation. At least Elid- the name Elidibus is attached to that constellation uh, back during the whole the tactics slash tw- 12 universe, shared universe aspects. Elizabeth is actually, if I recall correctly, is the snake. Mm-hmm. So it's not, I don't know if it's the bearer itself. But yeah, they, that's, that's the, each, each one goes, corresponds. I know, um, what is it? I can't remember. There's a whole list on, uh, you can look up on, uh, I think it's the Final Fantasy Twelve. the Espers, they list out who's connected yeah. to them. And, uh, then of course we get this uh, nice conversation with Hithel Days, who's talking about you know, Elizabeth's intentions and things like that, and just and really really good talk with our new old friend. And then he manifests the fourteenth crystal, which really you know 
<laughs> just super interesting because not it's not a symbol of the constellations, right? Every every crystal at this point has a symbol of the constellation. This one has a symbol. It's an alchemical symbol of the sun, right? Or at least uh, in in alchemy, they use that symbol. They use that mark to symbolize the sun and the symbol of gold. So you see that, and it's just kind of really throws you for a loop because then you know 14th members and you remember they were talking about convocation of 14 since storm or since shadowbringers the end of shadowbringers right so mm-hmm. that was just really exciting trying to trying to figure out those the pieces of the puzzle but of course all mystery until we head back to yulemore to check up on our friends when everything just explodes <laughs> well not explodes but uh yeah yulemore goes nuts because all of a sudden everyone sees Amarot, a uh, star shower happens again, and then portals start opening up. And you know, you know where these portals, you've seen these portals before, right? Yep. <laughs> you've seen these portals before and you're just like, hold up. I brought these in my fight with Hades with the help of the crystal Exarch. Oh no, something's happening at the tower. And then before you can even get going, you're getting attacked by specters who seem to be visages of heroes of old. So what do you think about that? That opening? See, now, I thought they were coming from other yeah, planes Yeah, I think it well. says they're coming from other worlds, I think was what was said. Yes, yeah, so they, uh, they're, they're men- it's mentioned, like, a little bit later on, because they, they're being summoned in. That's what those, those circles are. They're being summoned in to the first. So are they, they are they pulling them from past, present, like probable futures, like like what? Because just they all show up and wreck the party, and I'm like why are you here? It's just it, yeah, it's that weird. It's it's just time stuff. Because <laughs> wibbly wobbly timey wimey. It stuff. The magic, the magic <laughs> is the summoning magic that pulled you to the first, right? And the, also the magic that pulled the scions, right? Yep. But if you remember, the scions were. Only their souls made it, not their bodies. So, somehow, without, they don't really explain it too much, but those are like, those are all soul, yeah, soul fragments of warriors of light from other worlds that are coming in. And uh, just in 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 mass, right? Because you're getting attacked by them constantly and you're you're trying to make a beeline for the Crystarium, and then that starts the dungeon, the hero's gauntlet. So I thought that was really neat. They stick us on an airship, say "Flee, fly, you fools!" and then mm-hmm. you kind of get. It's just like, well, the airship's broken. Uh, yeah. I, guess, I guess. I guess we're taking a a quick stop in um, whatever this is. Mm-hmm. That that dungeon, man. That dungeon, man. <laughs> the mechanics. I, uh, I I enjoyed the dungeon. I had a bit of difficulty with the first boss. The other ones. Well, because I ran on trust, I usually I, I got into the habit of running dungeons on trust so I could take my time with it and enjoy the kind of story elements. Now that that's an offer, and uh, okay, okay. yeah, there. So I I immediately picked out this is the first thing I noticed and cheered for was the interaction of the NPCs that you met. Oh yeah, all of your friends. All your friends. All your friends. They all come to help you. All your friends come and help you. Which was so much like the last fight in in the expansion. Like, you know, when you're fighting Hades and all of your friends appear. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
And then I, I know for a fact, I, I believe they started this back, I want to say, I mean, the Alamigo Dungeons was the first time I noticed it, but definitely Gim Gimlet Dark, when they actually have the people that were in the story assisting you in, in the dungeon and helping fight in the dungeon. And then that just, I don't know, it just, it, it really allows you to be fully immersed into the tale because you're, you're fighting alongside people rather than being by yourself. And I, I like that. I like that a lot. So they did that again with this dungeon, but it's just, oh, the, the, the cameos, right? How many, yeah. how many, did you, did you see everyone? Were you able to catch everyone there? Cause they. No, somebody in my party when I ran it said Hildebrand's around there somewhere. And I'm yeah, just like, so I'm not sure. I've not I'm seen Hildebrand myself. Yeah. I've not seen Hildebrand myself, but there are screenshots. Apparently, Hildebrand's one of those uh, specters got summoned. <laughs> yeah. oh Gentlemen God. of light. The chain of it all. Yeah. Oh, amazing. I love it. Yeah. I just so, imagine him showing up like, where the hell am I? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's basically, yeah, that's basically, he's like, where am I? <laughs> that's all he says. He doesn't so, attack you. Who else do we somewhere. have? But, um, yeah, like, out of, you know, everyone that's helping you, you have everyone that's from, uh, Twine comes in to help you out. You know, uh, the the trolley obsessed guy comes in with his <laughs> comes in with the the Talos to help you. I you, remember that. Yeah, I remember thinking like, oh my goodness, he left the trolley. <laughs> yep. And then I and you get into uh, was it Ilmeg by the help of your uh, the fairy the 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 fairy king supporting yep. us as always. They they are our best friend and we're the worst person. Never checks in on them we, at all. We never, we never text. Yeah, we never text mom when we need help. We never, we never text. <laughs> never, never call. Never, never. And then, and then all the all the face start helping us. And then, did you see the boss from uh, Don Major? Yeah, something of <laughs> yeah. the length. Uh, something of the lengthsome gate is his name. I can't yep. remember his first name, the, but the, yeah, he the, shows the, up. Shows up to help us. That was that was nice. The Amaro start fighting for us and everything. And then. So the bosses, right? The bosses. First boss, a lot of people are saying is a reference to uh, Locke from Six. Uh, I got that feeling. Uh, I'm not sure if it's specifically Locke from Six, but I got the feeling of a Locke-type character because, you know, the, the thief. It's thief probably that analog. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's supposed to have some sort of reference to the, to the thief class. Uh, definitely one of the harder fights because <laughs> that bait AoE, I don't know what you think about that, uh, drops the AoE and then moves them. That was... <laughs> I was not ready. Uh, as someone who is directionally challenged, no, no, that was terrible. That. That was terrible mechanic. Uh, I, li I like the rest of it though. I thought it was yeah, fun. No, it was like, and you fight, do, you do I, get it now. Yeah, every time I position myself, it was wrong, and I'd get hit, and I was just like, ah. but no. I expected uh, more out of the necromancer, and I actually expected that one to be the final boss. Yeah, yeah the the I'm like, oh. A lot of hype surrounding her. A lot yeah. of hype. I think it was the design more than anything. No one's ever seen a character in that capacity. And then, so they, a lot of people were trying, like, were picking apart the design, trying to figure out uh, where she's from. But, I mean, without even having to tell the full story, there's some, there's some drama behind that concept because uh, a warrior of light that loses themselves in the process of being a hero? Oh! <laughs> Wasn't that the <laughs> one thing we were afraid of when we were talking about the, the youngins earlier? Like, yeah. you know, you're literally seeing your biggest fear come to life at this point, right? Because uh, what? Oh, she, she says a line, and I can't remember the line. I'm going to have to do the dungeon again to check it, but it's something about how even, even if I'm fallen, I still have the power of light. 
or something like that. And I was just like, Oh, Whoa, that's not cool. Like I, I got nervous at that. I was like, you mean, you know, you can still wield the power of light. Yeah, even you, if you using... get to keep it, even yeah, though it's like, you screwed up <laughs> with the zombies and everything. I'm like, Ooh, don't like cool. that. I mean, yeah, that was... we, we did already talk about Vothry. So yeah. Right. right? So but I'm getting super was... nervous. That was one of the, I mean, out of all three fights, that was definitely the one that was a lot easier to deal with. The last one, oh my goodness, the last one wrecked my party the first time ah. multiple times. <laughs> the everything about that, I I mean, I I wiped a few times with my the first group that I went through on. I, I went through with my husband and a couple of randos. And there was someone really nice in the group who after the first wipe said, you've never done this before, have you? And I was like, no. <laughs> It just came out. <laughs> yeah. No, like, I took, it took our party um, a little bit of time to figure out, like, I think we were really scared to stand in the craters. <laughs> it's like, it's are you sure we're supposed to be in there? <laughs> but it's like in, out, in, out. We're doing the hokey pokey in this fight. It's Pretty just much. like, you got to get in and then you got to get out. It's just like, okay. I, I love the boss, though. The way the Zerka looks is amazing. Right, I love him to pieces. Like he's so cool. It's just like, give me that for a tank class. Oh wait, we have warrior. It's basically the same thing. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> it was really interesting. The whole, the whole screaming, screaming for darkness to die. I was just like, huh, uh, <laughs> uh, a little nervous here. But, Chill, my dude. Yeah, that was that was a really good. Oh, and not we should we can't forget the the four uh, role NPCs, the four role quest NPCs. Geo, precious baby. Yeah, coming in to help everybody. That was that was great. Talking about sharing drinks with each other and stuff. So so they're all bonding with each other while they're bonding with you. Their interactions with you. So you're just raising heroes all over the place, right? <laughs> this was not my intention, but okay. Mm-hmm. And then of course, dungeon finishes. We get we get to the end, and we find Crystal XR is. Literally almost solid at this point, right? So you're seeing he's becoming a vanishing rock. Yeah, you're 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 getting really nervous at this point because he's starting he's starting to crystallize a lot more. Uh, they explain Lydibus came in and and the test. So the test crystal that they made while they were tr the trial crystal that they had made got robbed. Uh, Lydibus robbed hey, that crystal and started using that blood. He was starting to use Xar's blood to control the tower. <laughs> To summon every or summon all the shades or uh, the specters. Yeah, and, and is he so, summoning more and more of them? This this poor guy. You can see how much pain he's in. They did that uh, really. Uh, the, the voice actor, kudos to them. They have done it so so. Oh, and the sound team. They've done it mm -hmm. so so well. I felt yes. uncomfortable watching the, the, that the tension. The tension team. rises like his body's being taken. You know, he's I mean, losing I his powers. It's like, so, can you still walk, my dude? Or do mm -hmm. you need? I, mean, I almost thought we were going to have to carry him at some point. Now I'm going like at some point. I thought we were going to have to carry him because it oh, was yeah. like I was yeah, getting that feeling from it. But um, then that tiny little part where he he, he basically says goodbye to Lena. Ugh. Oh, that was oh. so horrible. <laughs> I, I, cr I cried. I, I think at that I, point, like, yeah. I, I, held, I held it in. I held it in for a while, but that part I, I started sobbing pretty pretty badly. I I couldn't like like it was a goodbye without saying goodbye. Like she knew and he knew, but they couldn't say the actual words, and it was right. just it, like it was it was unspoken, and that made it so 
bittersweet and so painful because you knew, like you said, mm-hmm. you knew they knew it was coming, that it was going to happen sooner or later, but neither one of them were really wanting to like finalize it, you know? Mm-hmm. Poor baby. And the, yeah, the whole, you know, why do you speak as if this is our last meeting? That was literally their last meeting. You're just like, I can't. Like, it hurt. <laughs> big uh, wet. Yeah. Big you know, with that, guys, I do have to cut this podcast short because uh, we are running out of time. <laughs> oh, wow. so, that's okay. We we can go over the intricacy. I mean, because there are. I mean, we have we, we have a, definitely a lot more to talk about after. Yeah, there is way more to talk about. We got some more to talk about after. So, so please look forward to it. Yeah, <laughs> thank you guys for tuning in. I the next ex- episode is definitely going to be an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> You think that was just the tip of it? Oh, there's so much more. There is, but again, thank you guys for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, we don't really have too much going on, as you can see. Our podcasts are spread out a little bit longer of gaps right now. Um, that's just for us to get back into the swing of things, and hopefully, if we are feeling comfortable enough, we can go back into a weekly. But for right now, until probably after the holiday season, you'll be expecting every other week podcast. So, chill time. Yeah. Yep. yep, chill time. That's it, guys. Hope you can. Hopefully, uh, I can't even speak words. <laughs> words are oh. hard. Words are hard when you cry. Mm-hmm. It'll be okay. Uh, hopefully, next time when you guys tune in, we will get past all of this emotional roller coaster and we can continue on with our 5.3 main story content. But until then, guys, we wish you all a wonderful eve. Bye. Bye. AetherStream is part of Aetherflow Media, a community-based project with a focus on Final Fantasy XIV. Aside from this podcast, we produce web content in our magazine, Aetherflow. And if you like what you see in here, consider joining our Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash Aetherflow Media. All funds go towards providing you with the best possible content that we can create.